This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Hold up. We are back here on the block uh, Wednesday edition. Actually, it's Tuesday. I don't really even know what day it is, but we're on the block anyways here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Falkman. He is Eric Strickland. And, uh, yes, I've confirmed now. It is Tuesday if, if I've uh, made you question it yourself. Um, but uh, I'm just I'm speeding through the week because I'm getting excited for Husker football uh, as we had the, the first press conference yesterday. The, the team is practicing this week. We'll get to catch up with them next week, kind of see how the first pra- week of practice went. So a uh, lot of fun things to dive through there. We've got a, a great show for you. Stephen M. Sippel, the Lincoln Journal star uh, set to join us here in about 20 minutes at 425. Uh, of course, Nebraska basketball plays against Ohio State tonight um, and, uh, and and coming off their best game, probably you'd have to maybe you would say under Fred Hoiberg so far uh, in year three, especially, um, you know, maybe a top 25 victory could re-energize the fan base. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, lots of lots of interesting things going on. Alexis Markowski, the, the Big Ten freshman of the year, something I think we all expected, but uh, Certainly happy to see that. So, Strick, I'll, I'll welcome you in with that. Uh, I know a uh, daughter of your friend there, Alexis Markowski, is. So uh, maybe just uh, let you go ahead and give a shout-out and say uh, say how, how happy you are to see that. For Alexis, but also for the Markowski family. I mean, uh, started off the season a little bit slow, came in, um, was undecided on whether or not she wanted to actually become – a Husker made a late change uh, in that decision, made the commitment, came in, and just grinded. And, and it just seemed like all throughout the year, she just continued to get better. Um, you know, averaged a total of 13 points for the season, but in, in Big Ten play, averaged 15.6 points, eight rebounds uh, to lead the, the, the Huskers <laughs> to an 11-7 record, 22-7 and overall. And uh, I mean, it just doesn't stop. I think I think what's unique about her too, man, is is she shot not only fifty four percent from the field, but she also shot fifty three percent from three, taking almost thirty threes from that position. So <clears throat> it just it just shows her um, her wide ability. Uh, different skills and she's not limited to just just a post uh, it shows that she can stretch the floor and it, she was very it's very reminiscent of, of what Andy was and the type of player he was he was a player who could also stretch the floor uh, he rebounded very well did a lot of different things he was a he was a hustler he was a grinder and it looks like she took on a lot of those <clears throat> those abilities so to take that honor, I mean, I was blessed to be able to win that honor, and it's a tremendous honor uh, to be able to do so. So uh, kudos to her in, in the wonderful year that she's had, and hopefully it'll carry over into the 
the uh, tournament season. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see if, if Nebraska women's basketball can get it going. Obviously, it's going to be the first um, tournament appearance for Nebraska under Amy Williams. Of course, they have the Big Ten tournament before that, but uh, a, a solid sixth-place finish this year for Nebraska, a top half of the Big Ten for sure. Um, the six teams, you know, that in Nebraska included kind of separated themselves from the rest of the pack there, um, so it's good to kind of be on that side of the division. Uh, and then, of course, um, also Jazz Shelley, I believe, was second team uh, all, or, excuse me, all Big Ten as well well as Alexis Markowski. We just say that the freshman of the year, but, um, you know, just as impressive as to be second team all Big Ten as a yeah. freshman, you know, that, so that, you know, maybe oh, yeah. don't overlook that as well. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, both those girls, um, pretty young. Jess Shelley, of course, just a sophomore. Building blocks for the future. Nebraska women's basketball looks like it's in very good hands. I mean, dang, man, that's the one thing about them, too, is that they're very young. They're, they're, not, they're not, like... I'm looking forward to see what their future looks like because they're young. And if they continue to stay together and obviously they have some turmoil going on a little bit right now internally, but if they can just get through that and, and hold on and stay together and stay united and, and, and continue to grow, I think the, the sky's a, there is no limit to the, in the sky for them yeah. and where they can go and, and they can become a, a, a dangerous threat in the Big Ten and, and also nationally if they continue to, to progress. Yeah, of course, two top 10 victories for uh, the Huskers as well this year. So, I mean, it, it's uh, it's been a fun ride, a fun year, and it's uh, and the fun's just about to begin because as as much as we don't get to see it on the men's side, uh, you know, they, they, it's always fun in, in, to have a, a team included in the NCAA tournament. I, I kind of mentioned this the other day. Um, for somebody my age or a little bit younger it's it it was almost just an out-of-body experience um to watch Taran Petaway and that team go to the NCAA tournament because every other memory for me selection Sunday I don't I'm not thinking about Nebraska I'm just kind of looking at the seedings thinking about my bracket maybe Nebraska makes the NIT of course you know in your playing days you were making the NCAA um tournament on a regular basis so you know for people a little bit older or that kind of went through that and maybe a little bit of a different story there but it, it really was it was very strange to watch Nebraska be picked on Selection Sunday. Hopefully, on the women's side and then maybe in the near future on the men's side, that won't be such a strange feeling. Um, and 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 hopefully the, the women can do some damage too. It's not just about getting there; um, they can certainly uh, rise their program um, from around the nation. Because I do think I, I think around the Big Ten landscape. People have noticed Nebraska. They're going to pay attention to them, but you might need to do a little bit of damage in the tournament or really get it going nationally. Yeah, I think the women have – I think they have the tools to do it. They play very good defense. They're active with their hands. Uh, They get their hands on a lot of balls. Um, They have great balance in their offensive scheme too. It's not just that there's one star or there's one particular person on a given night. I mean, I think in in any given night it can be either one of them, Hybe, Shelley, uh, Markowski, and then you you look down, they, then there's sometimes every now and then off their bench, they may get a person that will score 15, 18 points uh, on a given night. And so um, I think I think they've got the, the means, the depth. They've got everything, all the t- tools in the basket that they would need to be able to make a push. In a, and they're going to give somebody problems. They're not going to be just a team that's going to come in there and just – lay down to you they're gonna they're gonna give you a problem because they're they they can do a lot of different things and as long as they're scouted well and and uh if there's not a matchup problem for them i think one of their problems was 
trying to trying to stop Caitlyn over there in Iowa. That was, that was probably one. That's of a massive problem problems. for everybody, though, isn't it? <laughs> she's my she's goodness. A killer. Yeah, but yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where they match up and and shoot the, their tournaments right around the corner. I think they they start their the Big Ten tournament this weekend, and then you know their NCAA tournament will kick off right after that. So, looking forward to see where they're where they're seated and and who their matchup's going to be on their side of the bracket. And of course, the men do have some action tonight, like I said, against Ohio State. Um, and uh, we'll talk about a little bit more about that at the in the five o'clock hour. Maybe get dive into a little bit with Sip here in a few minutes. I just wanted to mention that to say a programming note. If you're uh, going to tune in the post game show, that will be at nine o'clock tonight. Of course, the game tips off at six. Might finish somewhere around eight eight fifteen. Um, but we do have some ticket weeknight stuff to, to get in there. Uh, Lincoln Star Show is of course uh, one of those. So I think we're going to follow the Star Show at nine o'clock tonight for the post game show for the Ohio State game. So hopefully uh, we'll be celebrating another victory because. Uh, the postgame shows have been few and far between in that, and uh, and that would be huge for Nebraska. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I did want to get to some of the reaction um, um, from you, Strick, to kind of think about uh, as far as the football team yesterday. We talked about a little bit about it, and I ran down the audio. Um, it was kind of funny because Scott Frost uh, was kind of guarded, I guess, or, or, or not really uh, given up much when you talk about the quarterback situation. Um, and then Mark Whipple, you, you ask him about it, he's completely different, not so guarded. So here's the the conversation Sammy Kewen, uh was in the was kind of leading the questions here for the the media circle um, talking to Whipple about the quarterback situation and how it played out in day one when's the first snap Casey Thompson not that that's surprising but what, but what do you why why did you like him to do that? He's number one now yeah. why is and he number one I think you'd answer that. <laughs> I'd be curious. I think he's the best one right now. So might change tomorrow. <laughs> There's nothing set in stone, but yeah, Casey and. <laughs> you hear not not much of a hesitation there, uh, and the answer is because he's number one. <laughs> well, okay, well, simple and to the point, right? Yeah. Just right, right to it. I mean, hey, what, what what else you want me to say? He's the guy right now. Yeah. Do you like that and, approach and, and as far as the quarterback room? Do you like that approach? Uh, you know, it's a new quarterback room. It's not necessarily you know you don't have the previous starter in there. All that being said, Casey Thompson was kind of the starter out of the portal that they grabbed. Um, uh, Chuba Purdy had, doesn't have a whole lot of starting experience, so as far as experience goes he's that guy but you know you know we've, a lot of people have kind of been thinking about trying to you know massage different egos here especially logan smothers uh who who seemingly they recruited over um you know to bring some of these guys in here specifically casey thompson do you like that approach just to be so straightforward about it and to start casey thompson day one to say you know the expectation is for you to win the job so let's start with you taking the first snaps yeah, I, I don't. I don't see a problem with that. You've got to start somewhere, right? There's got to. Yeah. There's got to be somebody that's got to take the majority of the number one quarterback snaps. That that that's just the way it is. And when you do have a new room, when you have uh, a bunch of new individuals that are coming in, and you have a new coach, uh, everything's on the table. So at that point, the coach is going to go with his best assessment. His best assessment at that particular time is Casey Thompson. And sometimes the criteria may not be the way you like it. Sometimes the criteria may, may not be what you think it should be. But at the end of the day, as you said, the criteria could be as simple as he's the guy with, with the most starting experience. We're going to go with the guy with the most starting experience right now. I don't have to tell you that. I'm just going to tell you he's my number one guy. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, that, that's, that, and, 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 and so, um, 
what he tells you in the in in the media and and what it may be i'm sure he's telling his guys also behind the scenes just understand this what i say casey thompson right now is the guy uh it's like a race right it's like a a a, a, the tortoise and the hare race where there's a start everybody starts at a specific point but there's one person that gets the leg up or he's going to be put in lane five you got eight runners but 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 to the eye of the beholder, whoever's in lane four, five, and six are usually the guys that have done the most in that specific meet to be in that position. So it's not necessarily that that person wins or that person's the guy, right? Lane eight in, in the 200 may end up winning. <laughs> and and, and he, doesn't, he didn't have the, the fastest start in the beginning of the meet, but at the end of the day, he ends up being the fastest guy. So it's not necessarily he's having conversations. I am quite sure to let each and every one of them know this is not set in stone. And that's all they have to hear. As long as they can hear it's not set in stone, who who cares who who gets the first um, the first snaps or, or the first team snaps? I don't care. I'm just going to shine when I get mine. Yeah, that's the way I'm sure they're taking it. Yeah, and it's kind of cool too because he did mention the just the amount of players that Nebraska has is that they're able to run um, kind of two sets of drills at the same time. So the number ones might be might be playing over here, um, but you know the, against the twos or whatever, and then the threes and fours can kind of go over there. That's it's more difficult to do. So they couldn't do that at Pittsburgh. Um, so you know you can get better tape, better film on these guys. Everybody's going to get their opportunity to show a little bit. Um, you know it's going to be maybe against a mixed competition, but if you if you show on tape against the threes and fours, yeah, I'm sure. I'll throw you in there with the ones and twos to kind of see what that yeah. looks like too. Um, the other part of it too is, you know, it's interesting as, as we like, like it's just kind of interesting. The situation is Casey Thompson is clearly the favorite to win the job. Um, but it, 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 it never means even if he wins the job, by spring's end, is that uh, – well, first of all, I'll, I'll go there. Um, I, I, I'm just thinking overall, it doesn't mean that you've always had the job. We know in quarterback situations, Casey Thompson himself was kind of playing um, here and there and then being benched here and there but with Hudson Card at Texas. So, you know, this is, a, this is a situation that even he is used to of, you know, if, if you're not playing well in one game, they might try another guy out if he's that close to you in the, in the depth chart battle at practices. But do you think that it would be beneficial for Nebraska to name a quarterback a starting quarterback after the spring or do you think that this is something that could um, go into fall camp and and you still kind of don't know who you're necessarily going with as well as long as those quarterbacks are somewhat similar you don't have to completely change your offense do you think that it would be beneficial to name a quarterback post spring or do you think that that it, it doesn't matter and they can wait till fall camp I mean I think he's going to stay with the same I think he's going to stay with the same uh, method in which he just shared with the media today it's going to be Casey until he loses it, until he drops and fumbles the position. It's going to continue to be his until somebody else shows me that I am looking at this absolutely and totally wrong. Um, it's probably going to be his until after the first game because really spring isn't really going to be able to tell you really who's what and who's who, right? Um, you'll be able to see that over the body of work. Spring is going to probably be, there's going to be some uh, quite a bit of limitations. There's going to be, the playbook is going to be, so we don't actually know how they really grade out. The spring isn't going to tell us what their grade is going to actually be. It's going to show you and give you um, 
kind of like a baseline on what it is that you think you saw or some things that you saw or maybe some things you maybe need to correct. But you're not going to even have a wide open playbook because they're not going to show you what they're going to show you against the Michigan or they're going to show you against uh, Northwestern on their first game. They're not going to show you or give any tape on that. So um, I, I don't I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think it's going to going to stay in his hands until he fumbles it. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting, too, because Mark Whipple also mentioned yesterday that um, if he has a quarterback that throws an interception or something, that that's what he's kind of looking for is how do they react to that? Are their heads down? Are they are they kind of pouting about it? Are they frustrated with the wide receiver? Yeah. Are they trying to correct it? You know, if, even if – because a lot of times it is a wide receiver running a, a, the wrong route or, you know, just kind of miscommunication between uh, quarterback and wide receiver or tight end or whatever. Um, but I, I like the fact that he just said, you know what I usually do – he said what he usually does, and this is in practice scenario, not necessarily necessarily in a game, but you can kind of follow along and see if this happens in games too, is that if, if he has a quarterback throw an interception, the next play he calls is another throw. Like he wants them to, to have that short memory, uh, you know, move on from mistakes and, and, and be able to just kind of pick it up and get their confidence back up and going quickly. Um, so unless, unless a quarterback really, if, if he's kind of got the lead for Casey Thompson at this point, unless he like really kind of gets it in his head mentally and makes a few bad plays in a row, um, you know, I, I think he's He's yeah. going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's going to get the opportunity to show that he can keep that confidence moving. And, and that's something that, that he doesn't lack either. And that's kind of the, another um, kind of part of this whole equation is do you want the guy that you, you've, you've brought in from Texas? He's, he's a leader. They've, they've kind of talked about it. He's, he's, uh, he, he has that quality within him, which you would like to see out of a quarterback. He's not necessarily shy in a, in a new room full of guys. He's going to try to, to make that part of, um, you know, the, the total package package is what he presents as a quarterback is, is the leadership. Um, so you, I, I at least feel pretty good about that. And, you know, I, I think for a lot of new guys, sometimes it's uh, might be weird for a few days. And, and again, Whipple said this as well. It might be weird for a few days, but then once you kind of get to know everybody, gets the energy of practice, um, you don't feel like you're the new guy after a few days. Yeah. And then th- that's, that's another aspect he's going to look at is that who, what's his leadership style? Um, are, are, is he going to take control in this specific position? What's his reads? Um, how is he? What's his check check downs like? What's he going to audible to? Okay, if we have a check with me or something of that nature, how is he going to respond to that? Is he seeing what I want him to see? Um, are these correctable things, or is he just so bullheaded? that he's just going to feel like he sees it and does it his way. Does he want it to uh, be corrected? Uh, if a guy, as you say, runs runs a, uh, runs a stop and he's supposed to run a dig, uh, um, how does he deal with that, with the, with the guy? You know, does he throw his hands up and get all upset and say, points him out, or does he kind of quietly get him back into the huddle and say, hey, man, you know, that was a dig? He, I mean, all of those, I think, is, is a part of that that process i don't think it's it's like you said one particular error or one one particular thing that's going to throw him off it's going to be something that's compounding um i also think um oh, oh and then i think when he's looking at the secondary guys the guys that's behind him the purdies the smothers and and, and those guys it, how are they handling that not being there in that position how are they how are they also helping are they cheer, are is he cheering on whoever it is is he correcting him on something that he maybe saw that um could have been something 
that that maybe the lead quarterback could have did or or Thompson could have did different. You know, um, those things I think are going to be another piece that that he's looking for the secondary guys. And then um, do I have to tell you the same thing? Did you learn from what I told them? You know, all of those things I think are going to also be parts of that that process as well. So I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty cool thing. I actually love his demeanor. <laughs> I think <laughs> I is I, a no nonsense guy, man. Whipple is just a, like a no nonsense yeah. guy. I just love his demeanor about it, and he's like, "Yeah, it is what it is." And, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah, I like that part about him too. Uh, before we get to break here, quick shout out to D Man Gaming for uh, correcting me here, said this will be the Amy Williams' second NCAA tournament appearance at Nebraska. He's correct. Amy Williams did make the NCAA tournament her second season at Nebraska, so it's just been a few years. So, as always, if you hear me make a mistake, we do appreciate you correcting me. We'll get to it um, so we can uh, we can spread not misinformation, but the best information. So, again, shout out to D-Man there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back here on the block, Stephen M. Sippo will join us. Or we'll break down some of what he heard from yesterday's press conference uh, as as he was making his way around the room talking to a, a, almost, you know, all those guys on the coaching staff. Uh, so that's what we'll get to next year on the block in 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 